Columbia, Tennessee a lot today is the word faith. Faith. It's Sunday. It's the day of worship. And so different religious groups will be assembling all over. And very often the word faith will come up today. Now, that's not a word that you would probably hear commonly on some other day of the week, even here in our local community. It is limited, largely, mostly, to religious talk, the word faith. But, when you hear people using expressions like, my faith, your faith, or the faith of your choice, when you hear those kinds of words uh, and those kinds of expressions, you get the idea that uh, people don't really understand faith at all. And so, we want to talk today about faith, but we're especially interested in the faith that pleases God. Uh, we want to know what kind of faith He desires in us, and how we should be living as people of faith to please Him. Thanks for being here this morning. We're grateful for the presence of everyone. So glad that you're here and looking forward to the time that we have together in worshiping God. And we pray that our worship will be acceptable to Him today. Uh, we're going to try very hard to do what we do here today in accordance with the authority found in the Scriptures. We believe that's the, the only way that we can be certain that we're pleasing Him to do all things according to book, chapter, and verse and by Bible authority and with a thus saith the Lord. So if you're visiting with us today, first of all, we thank you for being here. And secondly, we would say, if you have questions as to why we're doing these things in this way, please ask us and we'll try to answer from the Scriptures. But we're interested in serving God and giving honor and glory to Him in our worship day. We certainly hope that will, uh, will happen. Thank you all for being here today. So what is the faith that pleases God? As a text for our study, we want to go to Hebrews chapter 11. Sometimes Hebrews chapter 11 is referred to as faith's hall of fame. You know, halls of fame of, of, of all different sorts have been constructed. Certainly, uh, baseball, football, basketball, all kinds of athletic endeavors have their hall of fame. But uh, lots of different endeavors, uh, teaching hall of fames or business hall of fames, all kinds of different endeavors have their hall of fame. If there is a hall of fame in the Bible for people of great faith, it is Hebrews chapter 11. It gives, it gives specific examples of people with great faith and what their faith led them to do. And we're going to be looking to that a little later in the lesson. But first of all, when we start reading in Hebrews chapter 11, where Arthur did for us just a moment ago, we see that first of all, faith is, devi- is defined for us. A definition of faith is offered. In verse 1 it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is one of the verses that my grandmother insisted that we memorize. And it's a good one to memorize because it is this important definition of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It tells us that faith involves confidence in things we hope for. I don't know why my... my Printing there is messing up a little bit, but I hope you can read that. Uh, Faith is confidence about things we hope for. The substance of things hoped for uh, is what it says. The Greek word here for substance is a word that literally means to stand under or to serve as a foundation. You know, when we're building a house or a building, 
We want to, we want to plant it on a firm foundation, something that will hold it up and sustain it. So that it'll be able to stand the test of time and the elements and will not crumble under pressure. We want a good foundation. Well, the word substance here is that sort of a word. It is a word suggesting a foundation, something other things are built upon. Now, a newer English version would say, faith is being sure of what we hope for. There's a confidence, there's a surety of the things we're hoping for. What are some of these things? Well, we have confidence in the fact that the Lord will return. He said that He would, and we believe that He will return as He promised that He would. Uh, the, the Scriptures promise a resurrection from the dead. Those who've died in all ages past will be resurrected uh, in the end. We believe in that. We have confidence in the resurrection. And more than that the Lord will return, there'll be a resurrection and a judgment, we also have confidence that there's a promise, a reward in heaven for those who will serve God faithfully. Now, those things haven't happened yet. The things we're just mentioning it, uh, haven't happened yet, but we have absolute and complete and full confidence that those things will happen. And it serves as a sort of a foundation for us. We, we build our lives upon those things. Uh, all that we do is based upon a confidence in things that we hope for. So, faith is confidence about things we hope for, but it also is a conviction about things we have not yet seen. Notice the text says, the evidence of things not seen. The word for evidence here is the word that literally means conviction or certainty. The New American Standard Version says it, that faith is the conviction of things not seen. Conviction of things not seen. Well, what are some of those kind of things that we haven't seen, and yet we have a conviction about them? Well, we haven't seen God. Nobody in this room today has ever literally seen God. None of us were present when God created all the physical universe. In fact, for that matter, there's no man that ever was there to see God speak those things into existence. We've been studying that in our Wednesday night Bible class. Uh, and so the point is not only that we didn't see it, but that things happened that have never been seen, but we still have the conviction that they took place. No man can serve as a witness or give testimony to the creation of the universe, for instance, but we still have a conviction that it is true. We believe. So, if we were to sort of paraphrase a definition of faith, we could say faith is what we are sure of, what we hope the, the, that we can be sure of what we hope for and that we can be certain about things that we haven't seen. That's what faith is. And so, Hebrews 11, verse 1, serves as a great definition of faith, and it's important for us. But also, in Hebrews chapter 11, we find out that faith is a requirement for us. Verse 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Notice, we've got to stress that without this kind of faith, it's impossible to please God. That makes this really important, right? Having the right kind of faith, the faith that pleases God, very important because if we don't have that faith, we cannot please Him. Now notice, this faith involves believing that He exists. And again, I apologize for how our 
text is messed up here. I don't know why that's doing that. But we, we want to understand that faith, the required faith, involves believing that He exists. We must believe that He is. You know, the atheist denies God. The atheist does not believe that God exists, but we do. But in conversations with an atheist, they would perhaps ridicule us or belittle us. And the thing they say is that we are taking a blind leap of faith. In other words, we just close our eyes, we ignore all reality, we refuse to deal with evidence, and we just say we're going to believe in God no matter what. Now, our answer to that is that's not so. We believe that God exists, but it's not a blind leap of faith. We believe that God exists based upon an overwhelming uh, support of evidence. There's all kinds of evidence that argues for the existence of God, and we've studied those things many times in the past. When we believe in God, we have a steady and reliable explanation about our existence here. How did we get here? What are we doing here? Why are we here? What's our purpose here? That steady, reliable explanation of our existence stands in stark contrast to uh, the ever-changing theories of mankind. I was reading just this week uh, an article about now scientists are beginning to doubt the Big Bang theory. You know, that's been, that's been the given explanation for how our universe came into existence. But now there are some scientists at a university in Canada saying, I don't know about that. I'm not, they're not so sure maybe that the Big Bang actually happened. Well, they're going to change it. They're going to change that theory that we've been told has to be accepted as fact now may be thrown out the window and some other explanation will come along. See, men are constantly changing. They don't have a basis for understanding their existence, but we do. Again, it's not the blind leap of faith. We believe that God is, and we believe that based upon a, a, a mountain of evidence that indicates it is true. So, the faith is confidence about things we hope for, conviction about things we haven't seen. It's a required thing. We've got to believe that God exists, but also... Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, we must believe that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. That is, we must believe that He... Well, well, that's really hard to read now. <laughs> Let me read it. We must believe that He blesses those who actively seek after Him. We must believe that God blesses those who actively seek after Him. This is an important part of our faith. It's, it's, the, it's the accepting of His promised reward. Now, the reward is not unconditional. A lot of people think that it is, that God will just save everybody. This verse doesn't say that. This says He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And so it suggests we've got to seek Him based upon the conditions that He has set forth in His Word. He is a rewarder, but only for those who seek to do His will. And notice the word diligently as used there. We must diligently seek Him. It doesn't say that we can just casually or carelessly seek Him. We must diligently seek Him. And our faith must be in the fact that He exists and that He rewards, but only rewards those who will diligently seek Him according to His will. All right. So in Hebrews 11, we see faith defined. We see faith is required. But let me finally suggest to you that in Hebrews chapter 11, we see faith exemplified. Uh, that is, we see numerous examples of the kind of faith that pleases God. Now, that's what we're after. 
We want to understand the faith that pleases God. People all over have their own concepts of faith. And that's why you would hear expressions like, my faith, your faith, the faith of your choice. All of those indicate an inaccurate understanding of the kind of faith we ought to have. We want the faith that pleases God. In Hebrews 11, we see it defined, and we see its requirement, but we also see lots of examples. If the definition is not clear enough, if the explanation is not thorough enough, surely all the examples found in Hebrews 11 would serve to help us understand the kind of faith that pleases God. For instance, in Hebrews chapter 11, it starts out there in verse 4 by talking about one of the very earliest examples of faith. Hebrews 11 verse 4, Abel. Of course, the son of Adam and Eve. It says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. And so Abel is held up as an example of faith. Now, in that story of Abel, what happened? Well, Cain and Abel were instructed to make sacrifice to God. It seems clear that God had given them instruction as to what to do and how to do it. And so Abel did, offered an animal sacrifice. But Cain, on the other hand, offered a sacrifice of the things that he had produced in the field. God was pleased with Abel and not with Cain. What did Abel do? He heard God's instruction. He understood it. He did what God said to do. That's the kind of faith God wants. He wants us to hear, understand, believe, and act upon what he has told us to do. In verse 5, the great man Enoch is mentioned here in faith's hall of fame. It says, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. We don't know a lot about the life of Enoch. We know the book of Jude refers to him as a prophet of God. He was a great man, so great, in fact, that God took him away and he didn't experience physical death. But notice, he pleased God. His faith, he was a man of faith and he pleased God. He served God faithfully. He did what God said. Then, of course, I think one of the greatest examples of faith here in Hebrews chapter 11 is that of Noah in verse 7. In Hebrews 11, verse 7, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. We've talked before about the just incredibly huge task that was assigned to Noah to build that enormous ark. Uh, and, and to do all of that work without the aid of modern tools and equipment like we would try to employ if we were ever to even imagine to do such a thing at, at, at that enormous level. Noah didn't have those kind of advantages, and yet he did just exactly what God told him to do in preparing for a flood, the likes of which he could not even comprehend. We couldn't comprehend it. No flood like that has ever been on the earth before or since. But Noah believed the flood was coming, took the instructions that God gave him, and complied exactly in building the ark just like God said that he should. What did Noah do? He heard, he believed, he understood, he acted upon the instruction of God. That's the kind of faith God wants. You're beginning to see it now, right? It's not difficult to understand. The kind of faith that pleases God is a faith that not only accepts what is right, and true, but acts upon it. Abel, Enoch, Noah. 
And then, of course, Abraham. A long section in Hebrews chapter 11 deals with the great patriarch Abraham. And several things are said about him. I would have you skip down to verse 17. In Hebrews 11, verse 17, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. That's that famous episode where God asked Abraham to be willing to offer his own son as a sacrifice. And Abraham was absolutely willing to do so. Notice the Hebrew account gives us the, the, some of the explanation we don't even find in the Old Testament. He believed that even if he did, God could raise him from the dead again. He had great confidence in God. He was willing to do whatever God told him to do. What an amazing challenge that Abraham faced and he succeeded. He passed the test. Of course, we remember that he didn't actually offer his son. He was stopped at the last minute. But he did everything that indicated he would have offered his own son to God. Faith that acts. The faith that pleases God is, again, the faith that goes into action. In verse 20, the Hebrew writer mentions Isaac. In 21, Jacob. In 22, Joseph. Again, great characters of faith from the Old Testament. We could really talk about Joseph there and all, the, all that he did. But then it goes to Moses in verse 23 of Hebrews chapter 11. Faith, Hall of Fame. In verse 23, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in heaven, uh, treasures in Egypt rather, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, and so forth it goes on to describe Moses and the things that he did. Often we've stopped to think about Moses. What Moses had. He was raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He enjoyed all the wealth and benefit to be had in Egypt, which was probably, at that time, the richest nation in the world, the richest kingdom in the world. Even today, we see the evidence of the great status of Egypt in that very time period. And here's Moses being raised like the grandson of the king. It all could have been his. He could have enjoyed all of that physical abundance. But notice it says, by faith, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Moses made a choice about what was right, and he acted upon it in serving God faithfully. Moses stands as a great example of the kind of faith that God wants, what pleases him. Faith that believes, but also faith that acts upon what you believe. And there's more. The stories go on. And some are not... There's examples referenced as the text goes on there in Hebrews 11... And, and not even the names necessarily offered, but just things that people of faith did. And the real emphasis of Hebrews chapter 11 is faith exemplified, faith put into action. And that's the kind of faith that we need to have. It is clearly the kind of faith that pleases God. So now, finally, we ask you the question, do you have that kind of faith? What kind of faith do you have? The world has a whole lot of definitions of faith, and they would, they would argue that there's a whole spectrum of choices when it comes to faith, but the Scriptures indicate to us there's really just one faith, 
And the kind of faith that pleases God is clearly explained to us. Do you have the faith that pleases God? The only way you can answer that affirmatively is if you are willing to say, whatever God tells me to do in His Word, I will do. Faith that leads to obedience and action is the faith that pleases God. Is your faith like that this morning? Have you obeyed the simple gospel plan of salvation? Have you committed your life to the Lord through hearing the truth and believing it, repenting of sins, confessing faith in Jesus, being baptized for the remission of sins? Have you demonstrated your faith in these ways? That's the faith that pleases God. If you're not a Christian this morning, we would urge you to become one without delay. We'd be glad to help you in that obedience. We'd be glad to study more with you if you need answers to questions. You need to think about having that sort of faith. For those of us who are Christians... Already, we need to ask ourselves if we are continuing to manifest the faith that pleases God. That requires ongoing action. You know, once we become a Christian, it's not a finished proposition. We must continue to display that faith that pleases God. And if you realize that in your life you've not been doing that, you've slipped back and you've not been faithful to the Lord, we urge you to come back in repentance, confession, and prayer. If we can pray with you and for you, we'll be glad to do so. Let us know how we can help while we stand and sing this song. Oh, my Redeemer.